you like this episode, please subscribe, share with others, rate and review so we can continue to bring you great programming. This is The Thing About Cars, a podcast for car enthusiasts and the people who love them. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Thing About Cars. I'm one of your hosts, Mickey Desai. Very happy to have a full table today. Dave, how are you, sir? Not quite here. No? No, it, 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 it's mostly full, but, but I'm, I'm feeling a little verklempt. A little verklempt. Is there, is there anything we can do for you? Oh, I don't know. I think it'll probably just evolve as we go through the show. <laughs> okay, uh, cool. I'm, li- I'm living in fear of Misty at the moment. <laughs> Good thing she's separated from us by an ocean. So speaking of which, <laughs> Misty, how are you? Speaking of whom, rather. Yeah, I, 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 was, I was feeling autumnal. Now I'm just confused. Well, yes. Welcome to the club. Ben, how are you? <laughs> oh, at least as confused as everybody else. How are you? I'm just as confused and a little bit strung out and possibly, yeah, also dissociated a little bit. And, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be with you guys today. It's totally making my weekend. <laughs> Unfortunately, we've now scared the hell out of the audience yeah. and our, our guest. Our guest is trying to leave. Let's get him back in real quick. Clint, how are you, sir? <laughs> I'm great. Uh, just enjoying my lunch break right now. Fantastic. Clint is from the Auto Riff podcast. Uh, Clint, we have a ton to talk about, I'm sure. I'm very curious about how you approach your podcast. But first, let's turn to Ben. He's got our trivia question for the day. Ben, what is it? Tell us what you got. All right. It's a fairly simple question. Basically, what was the first Japanese branded car made in the USA? And the choices are Honda Accord, Toyota Corolla, Datsun pickup or Toyota Camry? Oh, I feel like I should know this. Anybody need these again? Please. Misty's writing them down. Yes. What was the first Japanese branded car made in the USA? Was it a Honda Accord, a Toyota Corolla, Datsun pickup, or Toyota Camry? Okay. So we'll answer that question at the end of the show. Um, I'm going to try not to Google that in the meantime. (laughs) (laughs) Clint, how are you, sir? I'm, I'm great. Thanks so, for uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, please tell us about your podcast. How long have you been doing it? Do you have a focus? Uh, are you like us, just you know, just just fooling around with cars and having fun? Uh, please introduce us to your show. So uh, yeah, I have the Auto Riff podcast. It started as just car history. I kind of I, I would take one model and kind of learn about the model and then regurgitate said information uh, back to the audience. And now I still do a little bit of that, but now I've started interviewing. Uh, fellow car enthusiasts to kind of figure out what got them into it and uh, what why they chose the vehicles they have. So that's kind of where it's gone now. Excellent. Uh, just hit episode 25 today. Oh, that's fantastic. Congrats. Yeah. Mm, thank awesome. you. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. So um, any any kind of car in particular, anything with historical value? Is that is yes, that- that's mm-hmm. basically, yeah. Um, I, I, I've loved cars since uh, my, my parents like to say the only car or the only thing that would I, I would actually sit and watch when I was a baby was Knight Rider. <laughs> <laughs> so from a very young age, I would uh, I, I loved cars. And actually, I remember the first time and my dream car is a 1970 Chevelle 454. Oh, and the very yeah. first time I saw one of those was actually on TV Saturday morning on Speed Vision. If you guys remember Speed Vision. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I, I was I was maybe eight or so when I fell in love with that car. And yep. I almost got one. 
and now they're way too expensive to even attempt. Mm. You know, yeah. Clint, I'm just I'm going to salute you. On 25 episodes, you sound like you're really on top of things. You got a plan. You know what you're doing. We've got 7,295 episodes <laughs> in the can, and we're still making it up as we go along. <laughs> All right. I've switched gears a few times, but I'm 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 trying to find a lane. <laughs> yeah. No, see, now I'm craving a Chevelle. I, I, that's one of my iconic, you know, visions of my own self. If I had to put something in my garage, what would it be? And a Chevelle is pretty high up on that list. That's, yeah. that's very cool. Um, so ever since you were a baby, huh? What do you think it is? What do you think it is about uh, cars in general? Well, my dad was a mechanic, mm-hmm. so there was always a different car in the garage. It seemed like of somebody else's car that he was working on. And I don't know, like I, I started driving my power wheels Jeep before I even turned a year old. Uh, then I worked my up to ATVs when I turned three. And from there, I mean, even if, if everything was broken and the lawnmower worked, I wanted to drive the lawnmower. <laughs> mm. So like, and there was actually, uh, I, there was a video at one time, my dad had a John Deere and we also had a Sarlo uh, lawnmower. And I was following him on the Sarlo as he mowed with the John Deere on, <laughs> in the yard. That sounds familiar. That is too funny. Yeah. Misty, you've done that. Uh, is. Sort of, except for the fact that my granddad was the mechanic and he never bought a new riding lawnmower for his little patch of dirt, basically what it really was. He'd go like to the junkyard and grab one for like five bucks and fix it up. And um, I managed to run the lawnmower into the house. (laughs) (laughs) There is video of me running a power wheels into the house several times (laughs) uh, when I was learning how to drive it. Uh, so, and actually speaking of grand, uh, grandfathers, uh, mine apparently raced on the beaches of uh, Daytona before they had the actual track. No kidding. Uh, yeah. Very I never, cool. I only met my grandfather once before he died. Uh, so I didn't know him real well, but, uh, that's what my dad tells me is he was, he raced and he actually raced on the beach one time. That is awesome. Yeah. My, yeah. yeah. Um, was your grandfather a bootlegger? Not to my knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was an upholsterer uh-huh. <laughs> in town. <laughs> Actual fun fact: If you're from the North Georgia area, you know what Fieldale is. It's a pretty much the economy for the whole North Georgia area. Started by two brothers who got their seed money running boot, but they used an airplane instead of a car. And my grandfather is buried up in Rabin County. Uh, at the Memorial Cemetery, which is right in front of the field that the Arendelle brothers used to land their plane when they were running boot. Oh, nice. Interesting. I'm, I'm originally from Florida and I now live in Canada. I was going to say, I, that was my next question. Where in Canada are you? I'm in uh, Ontario. I'm about an hour from Ottawa. Very cool. Oh, I think cool. we have some friends up there, don't we, Ben? Uh, probably. Yeah. yeah. About friends, I have family up there all, you know. The that the the Pauly family populates all the way around the lake and is heavily concentrated outside Ottawa. Huh. Interesting. So, so Clint, if you've met anyone with the last name Pauly, I'm just gonna go ahead and pro- uh, apologize now. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Someone in that part of the family has been pissing in the gene pool. <laughs> <laughs> if it weren't for the distance, Dave, I would swear we were related. <laughs> Clint, how do you find your guests? Do they do you find the car first and then the guest, or how does that work? Uh, lately, it's been through Reddit, uh, kind of reaching out there. I'm actually trying to find someone right now. So, if anybody listening to this uh, can help me out here, I have all of a sudden a very big interest in the K cars from Japan. I don't know if have you've seen uh, those. 
Hey, they're, cars oh, yes. from Japan, please fill me yeah, in. They're about this big. Uh-huh. Uh, so if it, to put it into perspective, a smart car is actually too wide to be considered a K car. Wow. Yeah. Uh-huh. And the engines are only allowed to be up to 660 cc's, I believe. Okay. So they make a lot of really cool. It's a tax break in Japan because they have so little space over there. Yeah. But I've seen a couple sports cars. There's like a Honda Beat, the Suzuki Cappuccino. Uh, there's a Honda S660 now, which are like little roadsters that have oh, a yeah. mid-engine, turbocharged, three-cylinder, 660cc engine. And they're just, if you look at them in comparison to other vehicles, like I, I actually sent one to uh, my, my occasional co-host for my show today. Uh, next, it was, it was a Honda S660 parked next to a Honda Fit. And it looks like a toy next to the Honda Fit. That's crazy. Look at this yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. And they're really popular in the United States right now because a lot of them are old enough to be, you know, imported the 25 year right. thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're very inexpensive. You can get them for pretty cheap, even with the importing. If you look at the AutoZam AZ1, which so AutoZam was a uh, subsidiary of Mazda. It's a little K car sports uh, roadster with gullwing doors. Look at that. Okay. I kind of want one, except I think I'll be the only person to fit in it. Like I won't have room yeah. for a passenger. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm six foot two. I know I wouldn't fit well, but I, I really want to drive one. Yeah. I that is really cool. kind of want one too, but I'm afraid that Claudette would hate me. Claudette would be very angry with you. I've seen a lot of little K trucks yeah. in small towns in the Southeast. A lot of people buy them as farm vehicles and things or just whatever. And I saw a little K size uh, X fire truck in Spokane, Washington, a couple weeks ago. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! Oh, yes, yeah. They there there were some people in Japan who used them as fire vehicles. I guess probably for industrial facilities or something where they don't have to go very far. Or, you well, know, you, respond lightning fast. Well, if you don't but, have to carry uh, a water supply, that seems to work. If all you have to carry is the hose, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, some hoses and a little bit of equipment, mm-hmm. and you know, yeah, you're all set. Oh man, this is way too cool. Okay. I know what rabbit hole I'm going down later today. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly. I saw it on a YouTube video. And from there I was like, I have to know more about these vehicles. Yeah. Those yeah. are really cool. But Clint, this is good stuff. What are you, what is on the horizon for you with your podcast? What are you hoping to do? Uh, is there a dream guest for you? What, tell us about those kinds of things. Uh, so I'm actually, I'm trying to get more into the visual YouTube stuff. I actually have uh, an interview slash ride along uh, scheduled with somebody in my area. I'm trying to reach out to my local, uh, car club to kind of get more, uh, involved in that. Uh, but yeah, the, the, I do have somebody in my area who has the Genesis coupe, the Hyundai Genesis coupe, uh, that he's going to let me film, uh, writing in it and, uh, and, and talking to him about that. So I'm really excited about that and kind of getting more into that. And, you know, if I could, if I could drive any car, I have yet to find a car. I didn't enjoy driving in some form or fashion. Hmm. Mm, yeah. Now, Except had, for a 2000-ish <clears throat> Hyundai Sonata, that was terrible. <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask. Yeah. The suspension was firm until you went through a corner, then it wallowed. And then as soon Ooh. as the car started to make power, it shifted. That's so weird. Wow. Yeah, it was terrible. That Everything else, though, has been great. I must say the car that I'm driving right now is probably my least favorite of any car I've ever driven. It's just a, it's just a 2005 Honda Accord. It's a, you know, it's an El Cheapo that I bought off my sister for, for next to nothing. And I don't know, I feel like I'm fighting that car the entire time just to keep it in the lane. It's right. It's, 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 and I know what the problem is, but it's like, even the rest of the car just doesn't feel right to me. If it weren't for that, it just, 
that car is not speaking to me, you know? Right. But, uh, but yeah, I currently so. have a 2019 Ram classic with a Hemi in it. Oh, Oh, okay i'm jealous that's my baby yeah, yeah. Uh, that was i was looking at trucks and i was going to get the v6 and my wife said don't get it if you're going to regret it in a year so i said okay well then i want the hemi exactly but have you named it this is the first one i haven't named i've named everything else like my i had a pontiac sunfire that was named scarlet <laughs> hmm. and that one was that one was technically terrible but i loved it anyways yes so Misty's car, Claudette, is a Mazda MX-5 in exactly, okay. the, in exactly the right shade of red. And, and they have long and interesting conversations on the Autobahn together. Well, so. you have to talk to your vehicle. It's, you know. Well, I, yeah. have to, I, I always pat her and tell her what a good girl she is yeah. right after we do 175 kilometers on the Autobahn in Germany on our way to get a McRib and a fried apple pie. I am <laughs> jealous that you get to drive on the Autobahn, to be honest with you. It, you know, it's one of the perks, you know, it's one of the perks of living in Europe. On the other hand, none of us are jealous of the McRib. <laughs> that's right. Well, that's right. you know, that sounds like a personal problem to me, Dave. <laughs> you. Misty, you're in the middle of Europe and what you crave is a McRib? Yeah, because even if I were in the U.S., I couldn't get one of them, nor could I get oh. a fried apple pie. See, now there, okay. Yeah, you have my sympathies. That's <laughs> you know, yeah. so and and it's you know, it's one of those moments because you know, I can eat European all week long. You know, I can just run to the store and pick up a little block of Gruyere just because I want to, but I can't always get a McRib. <laughs> well, Clint, thank you for being our guest today. We always have four questions for our guests at the end of the guest segment. Uh, three of them are pretty straightforward. The fourth one is usually kind of um, uh, just silly and frivolous and sort of, who knows, way out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, so my first question for you is, what is your dream car? The Chevelle. 1970 Chevelle. Chevelle 454 SS with the stock rally wheels, red with the black racing stripes. Red with black. Okay. Yes. <laughs> That's awfully specific. It's an awfully specific is. vision. Is that the one you saw as a kid? Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, or a Trans Am because of Knight Rider because and of Smokey Rider. and the Bandit. <laughs> That's right. And I've heard people say that the Smokey and the Bandit engine, um, the engine that was in that car is arguably the best thing that Pontiac ever made. I didn't know if you had any opinions about that. Uh, well, it's the 6.6 liter. Was it an Oldsmobile motor? I don't know. I feel like it was an Oldsmobile. I think that sounds right. I, it made like 120 horsepower. Stop. Yeah, this was, you know, Malay's <laughs> era and early in the smog era. Yeah. So, yeah, stock. These cars were not exciting. The I believe the Smokey the Bandit one had nitrous. Hmm. Well, they did all kinds of massaging for, you know, movie yeah. stuff. But but the, the the actual stock, you know, production vehicle. Yeah, looked all cool, but wasn't much to drive. <laughs> That's a shame. That's absolutely a shame. All right, Clint, question number two. Where is your next road trip going to be? Uh Probably to see my in-laws about six hours away in St. Catharines. Oh, okay. <laughs> beautiful. I've been there. It's beautiful. We lived I, there until uh, I got I got promoted to a, a place here, and that's we moved here. So very cool. I would like I've, to say through Algonquin, but it's probably not. <laughs> I've I've never been to either part of the world. I've never seen Algon the Algon Algonquin area, and I've never it's been to gorgeous. St. Catharines. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I keep hearing mm -hmm. that. All right. So what's the most fascinating thing you've seen on the road or in someone's garage? Oh, uh, somebody down the street has a Model T in its garage. 
that I really want to nice. stop and talk to him about. Yeah. Why you should get him to, to uh, teach you to drive it. Yeah, no, I, uh, my last guest, actually, we talked about, he wants a model T and he was, we were talking about the controls on it. Cause like the throttles yeah. on the steering wheel and it's all, all kinds of confusing. Right. <laughs> so my fourth question to you complete silliness is simply what is your favorite ice cream? Oh, chocolate chip cookie dough. That was down. easy. Yeah. Mm. That was too easy. Let me ask you something harder. Okay. Uh, if you could start a secret society of any kind, what kind of secret society would you start? Ooh. Of shade tree mechanics. <laughs> <laughs> They're a dying breed. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is very true. Well, there we have like a secret handshake or something, or as yeah, initiation like with a wrench or something, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look for the man with the wrench tattoo yeah. on his shoulder, or Misty <laughs> has a wrench tattoo somewhere. Um, you're gonna get in Mazda uh, logo printed on yourself somewhere, scarified, Misty. Probably. I, I yeah. actually did get a new Mazda keychain. <laughs> With my name engraved on it while we were in Spain. That makes like the third one. My husband. Wow. And, and my husband was like, I'm not sure if I'm getting a Mazda next go around or not. And I was like, I'm pretty sure this is also not about you. <laughs> uh, that many keychains, I think you have to. Yeah. That's right. Well, he well, he he, he summarily informed me the other day because it, it's been kind of an ongoing saga. Cause my husband, you know, he gets a car with his, you know, it's part of his contract with his job. And the lease is coming up due. And because my car holds like me and a crate of beer, because my husband does not fit. My husband is six foot nine. Just, okay. just FYI. I'm five, yeah. I'm five one. Um, you know, so there was an ongoing discussion about his next card. He just summarily handed me the brochure with the Mazda six and said, This is what I'm getting. And I was like, I don't believe I voted, so I'm calling this election. <laughs> rigged just saying that <laughs> you know he's like well it's my car i went you're so cute <laughs> well clint thank you for being our guest today uh please hang out for the rest of the show and help us answer the trivia question absolutely um, we'll do. plus how do people find your podcast uh i'm anywhere pretty much that you can listen to podcasts google apple spotify everywhere and everywhere and anywhere. it's the it's the auto riff yes is that one word uh Three words, the, and then auto, and then R-I-F-F, riff. Okay. <laughs> the auto riff. Got it. Yeah. Very cool. Thank you. I wish sir. I had named it something different, but we're too far in now. Oh, no, no, no. It's a good <laughs> name. It's absolutely a good name. Um, let's switch gears here and talk about grinding some gears. Misty had a gear to grind last time that we didn't actually adequately talk about. Misty, what's been the upshot of all that? First of all, what happened and what has been the aftermath so far? Um, you know, basically, we're at Monza, which has those... We were at Monza, which has those nasty sausage curbs, and Lewis Hamilton had just come out of the pits, so cold brakes, cold tires. Uh, Max, tires a couple of laps older. Max goes into the inside. Lewis does not give room and ends up with Max's tire on his head. All praise the halo, knocking both gentlemen, I use that term loosely, out of the race, no points, and... Uh, you know, big hoorah, you've got your Lewis camp, you've got your Max camp. Um, and I'm being a Dutch citizen, being living in the Netherlands, I am definitely more of a Max girl, although McLaren is my first love. So yay, Danny Rick, McLaren one, two. Awesome. Yes, thanks. So, so wait a minute, Misty. I know that, that people have, are up in arms about the entire event, yeah. but isn't this just an accident? 
Um, it's not like he did it on purpose, is it? I mean, did Max do it on purpose? No. Did Lewis? That's debatable. You know, I mean, he. I mean, was the situation avoidable is the question. I mean, otherwise yes. it was an accident. No, it, it, it was avoidable. You know, Lewis. And first of all, this is my opinion based, you know, on years of watching Formula One and, you know, uh, but Lewis did not give him the room. I mean, flat out, you know, um, I'm sure there's other people with more credentials than I am that will say I'm wrong. Jackie Stewart, you know, uh, Coltard, Damon Hill, a couple of those. I, I think they're wrong. You know, I, I think that Max, you know, was fully engaged. He had warmer tires. He had warmer brakes. Lewis got the blue flag coming out of the pits. And, you know, Lewis, it, this isn't the first time he's pulled crap like this. And certainly not the first time this season he's pulled crap like this with, uh, with Max. And the upshot is, is, you know, Max ended up with a three grid penalty which the FIA said was equivalent to the 10 second penalty that Lewis received the last time he did this to Max. Uh, you know, basically saying that, you know, they gave that the three grid pen, three grid place penalty was equivalent to the 10 second. And they gave it because Lu, uh, Max was not able to continue in the race. Kind of hard to continue mm-hmm. in a race when you're, there's another car under your back bumper. So do you think this was a fair punishment? No. What should have happened? Um, I think, I mean, you know, sorry. I think this, I disagree with the stewards. Max was not at fault. I think Lewis was again at fault. Um, and I think Lewis should have gotten the penalty and Lewis should have gotten more points on his license. You know, this is the first, these points that Lewis, that Max got are the first points he's had in 12 months. Um, is he an aggressive driver? Of course he is, you know, but I don't think he's reckless. And I don't think, you know, that to hear some of the commentators say that, you know, oh, Max did this on purpose. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. You know, and I just, I think, unfortunately, there's a lot of pro-British bias in Formula One. Um, that's really hard to get rid of. Uh, Is this why you're having surgery in the next month? Um, no. Okay. But I, I, I am going to, I'm going to, I'm going to ask them to, you know, I did ask the doctor, I was like, can you please take some of this fat? And they're like, we don't do that. And I was like, worthless. But no, it's, I'm sorry. I shouldn't bring that up. It's my, it's very bad form on my part. No, it's, it's, it's hysterical. And if it were another type of surgery, I would probably just laugh right along with you. Um, right. But anyway, you know, I, I mean, it's just, there's, you know, there's so much, pro, you know, like I said, pro-British bias in, in Formula One. Um, and it's absolutely ridiculous, you know, because this, like I said, this is not a new thing with Lewis Hamilton. This happened last season with Alex Albon. Um, you know, it's happened, uh, you know, with, with plenty of other drivers. And I just, you know, it, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Sure. Um, you know, because, I mean, yeah, it's just really not fair, you know. Um, and but you also see it with the way Valtteri Bottas has been treated by Mercedes. You know, he's now going to um, Alfa Romeo. Alfa Romeo, yeah. Um, you know, and so I'm really anxious to see what next season is going to hold. 
um, especially with a new up and coming, also just as aggressive driver. You know, George Russell, you know, he's he's not going to want to pull pull his elbows in, you know, for the sake of an aging champion, which is unfortunately what Lewis is, you know, so. Right. I just, I'm just really, I'm peeved. So it'll be some time before this episode actually hits the air. And I would welcome all of our guests to chime in to Misty, whether, you know, you're sending notes of sympathy or, or notes of outrage about the entire thing, you know, commiserating or whatever. Uh, we're, I, you know, I know Misty's eagerly following whatever happens next. Um, and I guess I need to start watching F1, Missy. Every time we talk about it, you're like, you know, you make me want to watch it. And my only problem is I don't have the time. It's like, when do I actually carve out the time to, to watch a race? And I just, I haven't made that, I haven't made that happen yet. You just, so I'm sorry. You, know, you just do like I do. You know, you put on the commentary, you put the race on the big screen and while you're running around cleaning your living room, cleaning your kitchen, whatever, you know, just make sure that what you have in your hand at an incident is something soft. <laughs> um, you know, my, my husband really appreciates that nine times out of 10, when I throw something at the TV, it's usually a ball of yarn or a sponge right, or, right. you know, socks. Solid advice. Yeah. That's, I mean, I mean, soft advice. That's right. Yeah. And it's, you know, yes. it's, it's, and I would absolutely recommend watching, um, the F1 series on Netflix. It's it has a lot, okay. you know. People are like, oh, F1's boring. I'm like, have you seen the pit crew? It's a bunch of divas. I mean, it, it's it's amazing, <laughs> you know. It's, um, of course, my suggestion right now, because Toto Wolf and Christian Horner are still sniping at each other. I'm like, you know what? Let's settle this. Let's get a kitty pool, fill it full yep. of mashed potatoes, and let them two go at it. <laughs> Well, thank you, Misty. It's good stuff. I, I only have one quick thing that really grinds my gears. And it's actually a note from a friend that I completely agree with. Ellie Cook wrote, and she said, allow me to take this moment to complain about people who see the small cars only sign and decide they should park their gigantic SUV in that spot. And that grinds my gears every time I see it. It's like small car does not mean full size freaking Lincoln Navigator, right? It's just, I, I, I that kills me every single time I see it. So I believe this, anyway. the, I believe the, the term used is small car, not small brain. <laughs> Clint is smiling. I don't know if there's a point of reference here that we should uh, <laughs> talk about. I, I got my Ram into a very tight spot in uh, a parking garage last week. It did not say small cars only, but I, I was pretty proud of myself for getting it into the spot. <laughs> right, right. Well, what's, what's wrong with these people that they see something that's not even really about them. They take it as that big of a challenge or offense or whatever that they've, that they've just got to do that. Right. Yeah. I mean, I you know, I, is it, I know the answer, but it's kind of redundant, right? We keep on repeating ourselves about that answer, but. If there's right. a sign saying it's small cars only, I wouldn't try and park it, but there was no sign. <laughs> right. So Clint, I have to ask, do you back it in or do you go to the front? I end? back it in. Yeah. I paid extra money for that backup camera. I'm going to use it. <laughs> yeah, there you, you go. know this does beg a question though is like when something is defined so in a small car space will usually say compact cars only is there a specific definition or term of art to to compact cars that the wheel of base has to be no more than 60 inches and, and or, how many people are actually out there driving knowing what their wheelbase is <laughs> well yeah that's exactly yeah, it, yeah. it's because you know it, it's 
you know, I'm not apologizing for people who, who, who may put, you know, a Lincoln Navigator into a compact <laughs> car space. Uh, I'm just trying to say, you know, it, it's, is it purely subjective that, oh, well, you know, this car is smaller than, you know, my house. So it's, you know, right. it must be compact. Or I should say like civic and under. Yeah. <laughs> But Dave, I mean, to your, I mean, I, I get it, right? At what point does is compact no longer compact? Uh, but there's a big known difference between someone driving a full size sedan and someone driving a Honda Fit, right? There's, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. I, mean, I don't need a ruler to 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 tell me what that difference is. Oh, so, I, you know, and I yeah. have I have put um, my Wrangler into compact car spots before because i honestly don't know i mean it's it's you know one of the things with the wrangler is it's got such an incredibly good turning radius that i can fit it into almost anything um which is good because i believe hell borrows its design from the parking deck i have to park it every day (laughs) there actually is a u.s code of federal regulations that defines compact car and that is between 100 and 109 cubic feet of combined passenger and cargo volume and are between 161 and 187 inches long. (laughs) That's good to know. Yes, that's very good. Not data. Yeah, now I I still have no idea if the Jeep qualifies as compact or not. (laughs) And it should be able to comfortably seat up to four passengers. We should take the Jeep and submerge it in water and do a displacement test to get the overall volume of the thing. And uh, no, not really. We should not definitely do that. That's bad. Where's your spirit of adventure, Mickey? I'm disappointed. <laughs> interest of would, science. It's right. It's science. Clint's my new friend. I don't know about you anymore. I'm going to have to. Well, I would answer the question about where my spirit of adventure is, but this is not that kind of show. So. Um, <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> and both, let's, uh, both Dave and I had very similar expressions, which is um, <clears throat> abandoned topic. Abandoned topic. <laughs> <laughs> let's answer the trivia question, shall we, Ben? All right. So, question was: What was the first Japanese branded car made in the USA? And the choices were Honda Accord, Toyota Corolla. Datsun pickup or Toyota Camry. Uh, so, <laughs> Clint, you go first. What's the? What do you think the answer is? Before you even gave the options, my answer was Corolla. However, I don't okay. think that's right. I want to say Datsun pickup. So, pick one. I'm going to go with the Datsun. Your, your final answer? Yes. Okay. Watch it be Corolla now. All right. Ben, you want to you want to wrangle the rest of us? Yeah, sure. So, uh, Dave, what do you think? You know, it's I had to rethink about this one because when I asked the question before, I heard it as the first one sold in the United States. And now I'm I didn't realize it was first one made in the United States. I'm going to go with the the Accord because I think the Accord was made before in the U.S. before the Corolla. Sounds pretty good. What do you think, Misty? Um, In the spirit of loyalty, thing is, my first car was a 1978 brown four door. Toyota Corolla named Betty. Um, I'm going to have to say Corolla. Okay, Mickey, what do you think? Oh, man. Ever since you asked the question, the, the word Camry has been sort of bouncing around my brain. 
And I don't think anyone else has picked Camry yet, so I'm going to pick Camry. Okay. Uh, well, the correct answer is the Honda Accord. Uh, oh. <laughs> yes. In 1979, Honda opened a motorcycle assembly plant in Marysville, Ohio, and in 1982 expanded the facility to include automobile assembly. The first car to roll off the production line was a 1983 Accord, a metallic gray four-door sedan with an automatic transmission which is today in the collection of the Henry Ford Museum in Dearborn, Michigan. And I've seen it there. It's a really nice little car. Cool. Uh, yeah, it's, it looks just like brand new. I don't think it's been driven more than five miles since it was built. But uh, yeah, the, the plant has built more than 28 million cars of various Honda and Acura models and is still in operation. Wow. Okay. Honda Accord. There you go. And I remember that first generation Honda Accord. It was a teeny tiny little thing. Yeah, it was still well, at than, least compared to the current Accord, it was very small. Yeah, it was it was bigger than the Civic of the time and probably smaller than the Civic of today. Yeah. Nice little car though. Yep, cool little car. And that's our show for the day. Clint, again, thank you for being our guest. Uh please do join us anytime. You're welcome back to, you know, just have some fun with us anytime you want to shoot the bull. Just let us know. Absolutely. Um, and hope hopefully we can come join you on your podcast at some point. I think that might be a lot I'd of love fun. That. Thank you. Yeah, make sure you ask Ben about lotuses or lotuses, oh, as he likes to say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Misty, of course, loves all things MX5 slash Miata. And yeah, she's a girl. Um, in the meantime, to our guests, thank you again for joining us and being part of the Thing About Cars family. Please, if you haven't re reviewed us online already, we appreciate your feedback, uh, either via our website or via a nice review on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or wherever you find the show. More reviews makes us more searchable by the general public, and we love it when that happens. In the meantime, we hope you and yours are staying safe out there. We will see you with another show in about a week. See ya. Later. Thank you. This has been The Thing About Cars. We'll see you on the road.